Welcome to From Bark to Business, the podcast covering the stories of those who are inspired by their much-loved pups to start dog-related businesses. When it comes to pet photography, Melbourne photographer Paul Tade has seen it all. He's put his body on the line, he's been through the mud, ended up accidentally rolling a dog poo and had a German shepherd run rings around him all to get that perfect shot. And his photos are just beautiful. This interview was recorded just a week after Paul lost his 12-year-old spoodle Jazz. And you can still hear some of the heartache in his voice. And he also reflects on how special those photos are that he has of Jazz as a puppy after him now and, and feeling more of a connection with his clients. So if you've ever wanted to find out the secrets and tricks of pet photographers, this is the podcast for you. So welcome, Paul, to Bark to Business. Tell us about the inspiration for starting your business. I guess my inspiration comes from um, years of loving photography. Um, and I guess my start in photography was really having a love for landscape photography. And I think I got to a point where um, I wanted to take my photography a little bit further. So I was starting to get a little bit more, I guess, technically savvy and knowledgeable around Photoshop and things like that around my landscape photography. But there's only, I suppose, so many times you can go out a week to shoot a landscape or a sunset and things like that. And because I'm such a massive dog lover anyway, and always we always had our own puppies, um, it was just a natural progression to sort of go into that side of things. And, and I really loved it. I found that there's a completely different connection with photographing pets than what there is photographing people, for instance. I think it's just developed over the last three years where I've really, I guess, had to make a decision on where I wanted to specialise. Um, there's a lot of photography coaches out there that say, yeah, it's better to sort of specialise in an area that you love rather than try and be all things to all people. So it was just, it was a, an obvious decision for me to really go down that path and, um, and I'm loving it. And your spoodles, I'm I'm guessing here, yes. were, were a big inspiration? Yeah, they were. And, and look, we've, I've always photographed them, even when they were younger, and even though I was still loving photography and had my camera, but really didn't really know how to use it. So a lot of my earlier photos of my two pets were sort of your typical sort of um, random shots, which I look back at and think, God, I could have done that better, and I could have done that better, but... I guess that's where everybody starts really with their phones and with their own little point and shoot digital cameras and um, and that's pretty much where I started and, and it just really grew from there. And being involved in a lot of different internet groups on Facebook around the, the pet um, area, it sort of made me, I guess, really appreciate how people really love their animals and, and how much they um, how much joy they derive from having pets and I think that's just sort of really clicked with me as well and given me a passion to really pursue that as a as a um, I suppose a, as a um, as a career away from everything else that I've been doing. And it's sadly one of your spoodles passed away last week how is that in reflecting on it all what have you remembered about her and and learnt in connection to your business? First of all, it was a, a really sad sort of a, um, a passing. I mean, we knew it was coming. She's 
been fighting um, the sarcoma for the last two years and finally over the last week and a half, she just went downhill quite quickly. Um, but I guess Barney and Jazz, Jazz was the one who passed away, unfortunately she was 12. Um, but they've been my muses at a very early stage of my photography anyway. And it got to a point where I guess they were sick of the camera. As soon as they saw the camera come up, they'd run and hide or they'd turn their head and they wouldn't look at me. Um, so a lot of my, I suppose, early work has been done with them as the focus. And, and on my webpage, there's still plenty of photos of those guys and, and I love them to bits. And Jazz will be sadly missed, but funnily enough, yesterday we were going through a lot of those earlier photos that weren't done in a professional life whatsoever. And, and my wife and myself were looking at, we're going to put a book together of all of those photos because there's a lot of puppy shots there that I hadn't looked at for years and I'm looking back at them and thinking oh my god it just feels like it was only last week that she was that big and and yeah great memories so I mean the, the memories that you have of your pets don't have to be fantastic photos at all and, and certainly the shots that people take with their phones and their little cameras and everything they're going to be just as great in invoking the memories and the emotion than you know, any professional photography goes but it just goes to show how you know, how loved they are and, and um, how much of a large part of our lives they are that, um, you know, we do spend so much time taking photos and, and looking back at those. Has it given you a, a deeper understanding of, of what you're doing for people now, taking these very, very precious memories? Yeah, it does. And it was always something that I was very acutely aware of and in tune with. I've loved my dogs for so long and I know of a lot of other pet photographers who are so passionate about pet photography and pets in general and I guess what they mean to people and, and you know, they're, they're just as an important part of the family as, as anybody else and particularly these days I think um, a lot of people, our lives really do sort of revolve around our pets so much more over the last 10-15 years I think and the, the statistics really show that worldwide that pets are really becoming such a an integrated part of the, the family where when I was growing up, the dog was always out in the backyard in their own kennel and would really come inside. And I guess it's been part of my spiel and my preach to people is to use the time that you have your pets to book in a professional photo shoot so that you've got those memories there, the, the, you know, the great shots that you can, you can hang on your wall and you can look at through an album and you can love what you see and, and have that for forever to look at. Um, we actually had a, a shoot booked in for um, for us with our with our puppies because I realised that of all the photos that I've taken as a photographer, I don't have many of myself with my dogs. Um, and that's you know I'm I'm a fool for never having done it. Um, and I guess I've always been behind the camera instead of in front of it. And, so I engaged a, um, a photographer friend of mine, um, Caitlin McCall, who runs Ragged Muffin Pet Photography. And she's just, she's an absolute amazing person, amazing photographer and has a beautiful business as well. So we teed up to have a photo session done um, prior to COVID um, hitting and sort of pulling the rug out from underneath us. And so we thought, oh God, that sort of really throws a spanner in the works. And we we're always hoping that we'd still get the opportunity and we did have a session booked in to be done yesterday, but even then COVID was still, you know, with the way that 
the, the restrictions are on us at the moment, we still couldn't have done it. But unfortunately, Jez passed away on Thursday. So um, Caitlin is as heartbroken as what we are. So we've not been able to get that up online and or get it up and running and, and have the shots taken. So unfortunately, we, you know, I'm one of the, the people that I'm always preaching to. I never thought I'd see myself in that situation, but here I am. It's a really good lesson for, for passionate owners to learn. What are your clients like? That's what I'm wondering is who are these people that are, that are coming to get these beautiful photos taken? Yeah, it's, it's surprising actually. They, they're from all different walks of life. And look, I've had clients that are from all different walks of life, people who are from, you know, from truck drivers all the way through to teachers and people in the sciences area, people who are in the arts area. Um, all the way through to people who are, you know, managing directors and company owners, small business owners, even in the um, in the pet world, I guess, because it's it's popular for them because they're living and breathing um, advocates of the pet community. So they're usually the first people to jump on board. Um, client avatar, the person who I guess I'm finding is my perfect or ideal client, seems to be people who female, um, 50 years or over, um, and with an absolute love for their pets. And that seems to be, I guess, my ideal client. They're the people who tend to gravitate towards what I do, the style of photography that I do, and um, the type of products that I offer as well. And on a lighter note, do you have any funny stories? Um... Look, it's always one of those things when you're dealing with children and animals, it's always one of those things where you've got to expect the unexpected and um, you've got to have a lot of patience doing what I'm doing. But I like to get down on, on the level of where the dog is because that's where you get your best shots at their level, at ground level. And you, you're not always paying attention to what's on the ground in front of you or around you. So I've often found myself covered in certain substances that you'd rather not have yourself covered in and um, it just happens you get covered in dog crap and all sorts of other bits and pieces so sometimes um, falling down and being face first in it isn't really ideally where you'd like to be but that tends to happen. Have you had any weird luck is it always you know the border collies that that end up causing you your dramas or is any particular breed that you've just had some weird coincidences with? Um, it's funny because you go in with certain breeds expecting them to behave a certain way um, and they're not always true to form. So some of the most intelligent dogs or the dogs that you'd expect to be the most intelligent like Labradors or um, Golden Retrievers or Poodles, uh, even German Shepherds, they, they, they're often the, the biggest troublemakers. Um, and sometimes the ones that you don't expect to be a little bit more relaxed and sort of giving um, tend to be the smaller breeds where uh, but I think the hardest shoots that I've had is where the pups just aren't interested whatsoever in a photographer and you get you know you're told before the shoot oh they're so relaxed and they love people and they're very friendly but I had one in particular who was um, described that way but when we turned up to do the shoot, even though I spent a good half an hour with her trying to get her used to me and the camera equipment, she would not move from mum's legs. And as much as we try and coax her to come out and 
all the rest of it, she would just be so, so timid and only want to be around mum's legs. So we spent, I think, an average photo session is about an hour and a half to two hours, bearing in mind that we do have those instances. And we try and sort of keep it relaxed and, and let the puppies do what they want to do because that's when you get the best, best shots. But I think out of that session, we got probably about 10 or 15 minutes worth of really good shots. And the rest of it was really just trying to work with her to get her to relax. But um, yeah, so that was an unusual one. And I probably only had two or three that have been that way. The others have usually been just really relaxed and just really got into it. What are some of the tricks that you use? You've touched on a few, but what are some, some of your ones that seem to work all the time? Using treats, quite often getting the owner to stand behind me with a, with a treat over my shoulder or dangling it in front of the camera. There's ways of quickly teaching the dog that, well, if I sit back and I'll wait, then I'm going to get the treat. So they're quick learners. They're very fast learners. So that's one way of doing it. Unusual noises is the other one. So I've got a lot of different noises in my repertoire, which will work for a short period of time. But then once they've heard them a few times, you get bored of it and they, they know what it is. So once I've done a few Scooby-Doo calls or whatever else, they, you know, um, it's a very short window of concentration. So you've got to be ready for the shot. If you're going to make a silly noise, you've got to be there ready to take the shot. Um, but once you get that, the shot that you're looking for, it's worth it. You can take a hundred photos and not have the shot and then all of a sudden you'll get it. And that's, the, that's where the goal is. And that's what I sort of really look for. And when I get home and edit the images and see that that's there, that's just, that's the whole grail. Wonderful. And where can people find you? Um, everywhere. <laughs> so I'm, um, I'm on, I have my web page, which is, paultaday.com, P-A-U-L-T-A-D-D-A-Y.com. And that um, takes you towards my pet photography as well as my other photography genres as well. Um, I'm also all over Facebook. You've only got to punch in my, my name and you'll find the different pages that I have on Facebook, Instagram as well, and LinkedIn. So 